You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. How is folks and welcome to Phoenix 92.5 FM. You're listening to the Wrestling Rewind. I, of course, am Dara. I've had a tremendous amount of vocal surgery in the past week and I've given myself just a wonderfully sexy accent. Uh, that old uh, Dublin twang wasn't suiting me. Um, so I've, I've gone for this and I think it's an improvement. Of course, I am not alone. We are here with, I was going to say the beast from the east, but I, I got the, I got the, Direction wrong there. You're out to the West. You're the best from the West. David, how are you? It's been ages since we've had you on the podcast and on the radio. Oh, it is so great to be back on the only podcast hosted by wrestling fans that actually like wrestling. Yeah, David Stevens. You can find me at the Dave Stevens on the socials and all that fun stuff. It's so great to be back. And wow, you sure do sound different, Derek. I do. And do you know what? I have to, like, I, I, I as one of Dave's forefathers. I cannot tell a lie. Um, I'm not Dara. I'm Martin. Dara isn't with us this week. So the boss is away. So me and Dave are just going to have the absolute crack. You're going to hear about some wrestling, but you're also going to hear about some salacious details about Dara. Like, Dave, did you know that Dara has three arse cheeks? Oh, did he have one removed? <laughs> yeah, I didn't was, know we were down to only three now. It was, it was causing all sorts of trouble. <laughs> but that's it, folks. So that's it. that was the show get... this week, folks. Hope it was great. Now we're <laughs> gonna be going over definitely Bunny in the Bank, uh some forbidden door, I'm sure. Maybe some talk about the AEW video game. That's getting some buzz. I've seen a lot of gameplay footage. I know Martin's played some. So I'm excited. Uh let's Get this thing started. Where Let's would you like to in. begin, sir? Well, I tell you what, before we get into like the shows, so I'll say I think we'll do oh. a wee bit of news and then um okay. me and Dara did a fairly comprehensive Forbidden Door thing last week, but I'm very keen to hear Beautiful. your views on the big matches, and then we'll finish off with a good romp through money in the bank. But uh starting off in terms of news. I think the first thing I want to bring up is that in the past week, like, um, so AW have this uh, massive show at Wembley, all in. Um, they've sold an incredible 65,000 tickets. And in the past week alone, whether it's Punk, 
whether it's Forbidden Door, whatever the cause is, that has had a massive spike and they're now up to 75,000 tickets. And I honest to God think they're going to sell out. Sell out's about 90 there or 80? Sell out would be 90,000. So they've currently got the stadium set up for 80 odd thousand. But I think Wembley, like, packed to capacity is 90,000. So like yeah, eighty would be the goal with like wrestling stage and stuff. That's very, very impressive and ambitious. And I'm all I'm all for it. I'm all excited. I mean, oh. the more attention that we can get to wrestling, the better. It's like I say, just if one style's not for you, there's another one that is. So this is really exciting. You know, it's it's interesting because Impact was also very popular in England, even when it was going downhill in the US. They seem to definitely cling to that style of wrestling so i don't I, I don't have any doubts it'll be successful yeah i mean i think it's partly because obviously we're not in england here but i think just this side of the atlantic were constantly fed a day of um american style wrestling but because it's on tv we're also kind of simultaneously starved of it so whenever you get a live show like it doesn't doesn't particularly matter if you're like hugely into that promotion or not like if there was a live tna event in belfast you can bet your life i'd be there right you know whereas if there was a live ott event in which glorious state are you from i'm in new jersey we've had wrestlemania several times ah wrestlemania but you haven't had uh, a <laughs> ott scrapper mania <laughs> And if there was a live oh, yeah. OTT Scrapper Mania in New Jersey, I bet you'd, would you be there? I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I'm Googling what OTT even means right now. Oh, it's, <laughs> so it's over the top. And it's uh, it's actually oh. ge- like genuinely surprisingly big. I mean, in terms of Ireland and Europe. But it's, uh, yeah, surprisingly. Is it the name of a company? Oh, that's the name of the indie company, right? Yeah. Oh God, that is, folks, is that not the most furious typing you've ever heard? I know. <laughs> no, I have a mechanical keyboard because I'm a dork. Is that, that's one of the ones that still have the, the huge chunky buttons where there's about an inch and a half between the button and the actual connection at the bottom. <laughs> I just, I really, for gaming and uh, when I do programming, I just like the feedback that I get off the keyboard. So yeah, I'm, I'm a, I, yeah, what are you going to say? Now, it was fun when I used to work customer service calls and people would be like, um, somebody running around and be like, nope, <laughs> just how loud my keyboard is. Somebody firing a Thompson submachine gun in the background. I'm looking what, at what, over the top wrestling know. now and now I want to go to a show. Oh, they're actually amazing. Like They look really good. Why wouldn't I go to this? Genuinely really good. Well, one of the things, again, this is another little tidbit into the little insight into our group here that people won't know about Dave this time is that he needs a mechanical computer because it has that extra distance between the buttons and the actual connection because Dave loves long false fingernails. They're like his thing and we love him for it. Very true. Yeah, and I especially like getting the gel glue on them because I really (laughs) like the way it kind of primps them up, a little glitter in there. No, I mean, the distance is, but it's a Corsair like K95. Half our listeners probably have it. Screw you, Martin. Let's go. Let's talk. <laughs> <about that. laughs> 
Right, well, the other thing is that, um, <laughs> obviously, uh, AEW Fight Forever is now out, and uh, me and Dara again, we had a good old crack about it last week, but one of the things they've revealed, so we actually had a bit of a chat about this in our... Uh, you got to sell me on this game. In our texty group. Well, no, I agree with your strategy. Wait, like, wait two months and, like, um, buy it when it's half the price. Like, I, I bought um, Tears of the Kingdom the minute it came out. And if I had waited a month, it's now in Toys R Us for, like, yeah. you know, 35 quid. But um, what I was telling you about in our wee texty group is that uh, the, the sort of a model they have for Fight Forever is that this is the base game and they're going to keep constantly adding stuff to it. And the next thing they're adding, it's it's bizarre, but I think I love it. It's kind of a massive multiplayer Fortnite-style stadium stampede. So you'll be able to log in, uh, go to multiplayer, go to stadium stampede, and you and... 30 odd other people from around the world will just batter each other across this massive stadium until only one person's left. And like, I think this is brilliant because again, it's exactly what AEW should be. It's not a competitor to WWE. It's an alternative. So if you want your super serious sim uh, simulator game, you have 2K. And if you want your mad you know, no mercy, here comes the pain style game, you have a fight forever. Battlegrounds is really good. It is it. I, n- I never got playing Battlegrounds. <laughs> you know, I actually, I'm really excited for uh, fight forever because it's exactly what I'm looking for. And it's just at a time where I don't want to get a console game but could certainly play on a console and it's going to play great on a console, but I want something for my switch. That's a fun wrestling game and battlegrounds has been fun, but I definitely want to get into a more meatier game than that. So basically I'm following the, uh, what I do with fallout games or basically anything Bethesda at this point, which is, Hey, you released it when you actually finish the game, I'll buy it. (laughs) That's fair enough. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it looks very promising. So, and I, and from what I hear, if you love, if you love uh, AEW, you love the game, and I don't have any reason to doubt that. Well, I, honestly, God, I would say if you love wrestling, you love the game because it's very, yeah. it's very pick up and play. It's very intuitive. If you're of a certain age, it will absolutely bring you right back to No Mercy, to yes. Here Comes the Pain, to those kind of games. Um. And it, that was kind of reflected in the reviews. So a lot of the uh, like wrestling websites and wrestling vlogs and that, they rated it quite highly. Whereas the gaming vlogs, you know, ones that don't have a background in wrestling specifically, they give it a, they give it a good, you know, they give it a kind of a 6.5, whereas the wrestling vlogs were given it like kind of a 7.58. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's whatever you're into, but I think it's always good to have alternatives. It's vital, and it's what's going to make WWE games better. Because we went, we were in a rut for like five years, and then finally with 2K23, they're like, we'll try a little harder. So let, let's hope they keep pushing each other. You know, they're alternatives. It's still competing for the same dollars. So we'll see. We'll see if they can both get better in the that's, process. 
that's brilliant. That's actually something I've always said is that nobody owes a debt to Tony Khan more than WWE fans because before AEW came on the scene, WWE had just given up. Like they just didn't care what anybody thought or what anyone was doing. And then whenever a like a serious competitor came on the scene or a serious alternative came on the scene, they like genuinely upped their game. They did. And the best thing, controversy, the best thing that I think WWE did to benefit off of that was just unload their entire roster and say, we're not going to let you cherry pick people. We're going to fire everybody we don't want. And you're not going to have enough TV time for them. And it's going to dilute your product for a couple of years. Have fun. And it gave WWE time to create the best storyline I've watched in my life with the bloodline. So you're right. It's funny to watch how having vested interests and playing off of each other and maybe we can do this or do that. And then you factor in the pandemic and how that made everything so close quarters and you could really accentuate certain people's mannerisms, um, really tape stuff to establish characters that maybe never would have gotten over if there was a live crowd, but now the live crowd loves them more than anybody else and Roman Reigns. So it's fascinating when you look at the inception of AEW through the pandemic, what that all became and where we are now, because the question was always, will we make it past the three year mark? Because uh, that was the most of the contracts were for. So it's it's exciting. It's exciting. Come here, can I ask? And, and we will, I promise, we'll get into the, the show's imminently but i've been watching yeah. a program called the morning show and season two, it's to do with a, a, a news uh, broadcast station in the u.s okay. <clears throat> and season two of it deals with how they reacted to the pandemic and it kind of got me thinking back that uh, at the time those empty arena matches and all that that felt so long that felt like it would never end and now when i think back to it i mean it feels like it was like a like a six week period. Like what, what's your recollection of the whole pandemic era? Uh, during, like from either WWE or AEW, just in general. Oh no, I had a baby. All oh, right. So you were, <laughs> <laughs> you were fairly distracted. There you yeah, go. That, that was my pandemic. See when you're, oh. when you're, uh, when you're locked at home, there's little else to do in New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. And I live in Pennsylvania now, by the way. If you guys, I don't know why I'm giving out my location wildly on the internet. It's not like it's my tagged apologies. on my socials or anything. My apologies. You're Sarcastic. absolutely right to no, be cautious <laughs> because the listeners of Phoenix 92.5 FM are the kind of rabid lunatics who would scour Pennsylvania from north to south. Yeah. I'm, I'm from your land, I promise. <laughs> All right. Like um, 400 years ago. Yep, let's talk right. <laughs> so we're going to do a full run down the money in the bank but before that like i said last week me and dar did uh did a bit of crack around forbidden door but i'm dying to hear what you thought of doesn't even have to be every match but even just like the the big or whatever you thought the big matches were why don't you give us a bit of a bit of crack around uh forbidden door yeah so uh, forbidden door was a tough one because it started out and i really thought i was going to love the show i started with omega versus um, Osprey, because that, that, that's honestly the match and the only match I really cared about seeing. Um, and I didn't end up watching too much more than that. So what I will say 
is that I absolutely adored Brian Danielson's entrance. It, I understand money. They can't use Final Countdown all the time. I get all that. But it took Apparently me Apparently, it's like legitimately the price of like, like a full wrestler's contract. Oh, what, I, I believe it. What is wrong with these lunatics? I mean, because they just got paid. Why would they complain? If it's still working, why would you kill the business model? Uh, <laughs> you know? If a company's many, willing to pay you. How many other like industries are going to be that invested in the final countdown? Uh, it's probably one that really needs to make money off the song. I mean, up until like a couple of years ago, you couldn't even play Happy Birthday on television broadcast because it was copyrighted and it was like $100,000 to sing it or something like that. Something absurd. I'm making that number that's, up, but something no, absurd. But that's wild. That's because I always wondered when I was watching American TV, Whenever they were having like birthdays, why they're always going, Happy birthday, happy yep. birthday to ya. And I'm going, That's not right. That's, that's, that's not what exactly it is. That's exactly why. It's exactly why. <laughs> You're oh, a litigious goodness. people. Unfortunately, there are some. Uh, but so for this one, I wanted it to be interesting because I've seen their Wrestle Kingdom match. Huge fan of Omega. Um, actually, let me rewind a little bit. To Brian Danielson, why that just meant so much to me. Hearing the final countdown took me back to being in attendance at those Ring of Honor shows when he was coming up oh. and being there when that music was played. I, I didn't know that that was happening. My friend sent me a clip. He said, you should really watch Danielson's entrance. So I did. And it just brought back a lot of really good memories of Fun shows and what was you guys would know it as the uh, the old ECW arena because that's where Ring of Honor would run in Philly, oh, and it just nice. so so refreshing to hear that and see that again. It was making me wish for streamers actually more than anything else because uh, that was always such a good part of that. Um, but let me backtrack then to I didn't actually get to finish that match, so I don't think I should comment on it. But I can comment on Kenny vs. Will, and I'll say that I was, was I have was no there, idea. Uh, was there a baby emergency or? No, I just started watching the pay-per-view really late at night. Um, so, <laughs> See, but I, I don't accept that because on this side of the pond, the bloody things don't start till 1 a.m. And we persevere. <laughs> Sorry, I just, go, I just go with honesty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so that, so like, I made my fiance watch Will and Omega with me because Omega, there's another guy. So obviously, you know him from New Japan Wrestling, you know him from All Elite Wrestling. Some people probably haven't seen a lot of his pro wrestling guerrilla work. Well, my introduction to Kenny Omega was, I think I was probably 18 years old the first time I saw him wrestle in a gym in New Jersey. In a Jersey All Pro Wrestling, so JAPW, a now defunct promotion, unfortunately. But so I got to see him coming up, and that was the the original days forming the character, coming up with the Hadouken. So I've always had a lot invested in Kenny. Um, he's one of my he is my favorite live match that I've ever seen. It was him versus uh, Danny DeMonto, a deathmatch wrestler, and they just did some crazy spots. Uh, but anyway, nostalgia taken out of that so i do have some investment there obviously i'm anybody's listened over the years knows i'm a huge ricochet mark so i love the flips will osprey very very cool to see what his character has become um in the stead since they last fought i just i don't know if this was the best or worst match that i've ever seen so i had my fiance watch it with me 
and well, it definitely wasn't the worst. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, didn't I'm have... genuinely really intrigued to hear the your, your reasoning. So it's a one-off in a way. Now, there's kind of a story, and they, they kind of did stuff with Callus, but it, these are one-off matches. So it's hard for me to get as and, and, and again, I, I don't mean to be a pedantic. I'm, I'm I'm trying not to swear a pedantic Peter, but it is literally their second match. So well, that's why I'm saying I'm saying like yes, they've had a match before. <laughs> Definitely yes, not a one Alice angle, but as a whole, the pay per view, the concept of Forbidden Doors, these are basically one off matches. So I had a problem getting as emotionally invested in this. Now all that said, I did have my fiance watch it with me and her reaction was she liked it at the beginning and then said i think i just want to watch wwe with you and i said i get it, I get it. <laughs> um so definitely is not for every fan it was very bloody i didn't enjoy when they went to and i'm sorry to make the comparison between kenny omega and roman reigns because i feel like i feel like my twitter is on fire right now and this hasn't even aired but <laughs> it was like watching the superman punch over and over like, I get it. You can do the V-trigger. I get it. It's like facing a final boss. Um, but at the same time, they were brutal. And they looked so vicious. And I enjoyed them. That's why I keep saying, like, I don't know if I liked it or if I didn't like it. It was definitely an excellent, excellent bout. Uh, nothing, nothing. You can even hear, hear me trying to figure out in my head, like, what my final thoughts are on this one. Because I watched it they, twice. They do call them. Finishing Brian Danielson's match. They do call him the excellent bout machine. Best bout machine. Yeah, but it's, uh, um, I, I like it's just, I guess the Will Ospreay I like isn't the Will Ospreay that I got to see. Um, and I think that's part of it is I like, I like the less vicious, less NJPW Will Ospreay. I'm a more, more of a fan of his work in, uh, in England and the U.S., I just, I don't know. I'd, I'd like him to be a little bit more flippy, and I know that sounds terrible. Hold on, I just got a text from WWE. Let's see what this one says. Oh, uh, is it? Shut oh, up about Osprey. Yeah, uh, yeah. WWE he, Universe. He Rain, Roman Reign heads to Tribal Court. <laughs> Check it out oh on SmackDown. <laughs> oh, good lord. Waiting to get Mania tickets, so I have to have text alerts from WWE. Oh, set up. Are, you, are you getting, like, will you get Mania tickets? I yeah, as soon as they go on sale, they haven't gone on sale yet, nor have they announced the date. Like, but uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, about twenty miles from me. So you're talking about like, oh man, this time years ago I went to ROH and you know, um, I think you told us before the story about like your new, your new house that had the uh, uh, Survivor Series chairs in it, and like you go to WrestleMania. Like I have been a huge wrestling fan for 30 plus years i have never been to a live non like local indie event so wembley is like my first actual big wrestling show and i am beyond excited you uh, but I, are gonna <laughs> love it there's something about the spectacle yeah the chants aren't as good in my personal opinion in in big open air arenas because you can't really get everybody together but Oh my gosh! There's nothing like the pyro, and they'll they'll go all out. They will go all out. It's why go I love in. the Saudi shows. We're all in, yeah. But it's <laughs> it's the same reason I love the Saudi. Shows. It's just so over the top when it comes to those arena shows with the extravagance and the pyro and the lighting, and obviously the cons are 
familiar with the territory, so it, it I think it'll come across really well. And but anyway, so, back to uh, Osrex, which somehow I got off. My point is, it was nice to see them go back to their original gimmicks and whatnot. It was nice to see the cleaner versus the aerial assassin, but it wasn't. I, I didn't. I don't know. I, I really liked the match. I got really bothered by that by that cutter on the apron. It, it, I just did not like that cutter on the apron. It's the same reason that I didn't like um, that trios match. That cutter to Sting. I honest to God thought he broke his neck. Like. Wait, you didn't like? I, I didn't like that at all. What? Why? Why didn't you like it? So I didn't like the cutter because Omega made zero contact with the apron, oh, and right. clearly Osprey takes the full brunt of that mood. That kill. I, I was like, come on, man! And I just listened to an interview with Osprey talking about Cody stealing the cutter, and he said, "Yeah, Cody stole my move, but I hate doing it because it hurts so much." So I'm thinking that in my head. He just said in like a recent interview how much he hates doing the cutter because it hurts, and you just did it on the apron, bro. Like, pick a lane. Can I say something here? And I know how controversial this is or isn't going to be yeah. but this only really came to the fore do you remember probably but but 10 years ago when the randy orton out of nowhere became a meme and people started yes. like like a using powerpoint to put like randy orton into i have never liked the cutter i don't think it's a good looking move it makes no goddamn sense um <laughs> You're grabbing the guy and then you're jumping down onto your back and he's, you know, gently landing in the betwixt the soft of your shoulder and your chest. Like, I get the stunner. The stunner's amazing. I think the best sell ever of the stunner, like, love Scott Hall, love, like, the ridiculous rock bang bounce flying around the place. I think the best sell of the stunner I ever saw was um, the first time Austin ever did the stunner, and it was on Bret Hart, and he took mm-hmm. it like a, like it snapped his neck. Like, he didn't bounce or anything. He went down, and his head snapped back, and he crumpled to the side, and it was amazing. Um, that sounds almost Vince McMahon level of taking that bump. Oh no! Because what would happen is Vince would roll <laughs> off his shoulder. No, I'm, I'm and then sorry. Gently... <laughs> By the way, somehow I've ended up on the Wikipedia page of all the different variants of the cutter, and I'm still scrolling. I'm still. <laughs> this is ridiculous. There are some. And one one of my favorite wrestlers is Damon Dallas Page, and I still didn't like the the cutter when DDP did it. But it was real awkward in that tree. Match. I don't know if he didn't catch Sting's head or Sting went down early, but it kind of looked like he landed on the back of Sting's head. And I didn't like that. I, I don't I saw all these great memes of Sting flying off a ladder and stuff. I don't know where any of this was. The match that I watched on the pay-per-view was god awful. That's all I have it, to say about the Trios match. No, it absolutely was. If you even if you listen back to that, and I'm like like of a of the three of us, I'm the big AW guy. But if you listen back to the podcast last week even i say the only like genuine disappointment <clears throat> on all the forbidden door was the sting trios match because normally the sting trios matches are like this amazing palate cleanser like it's it's uh sort of cocaine banger but also kind of comedy but also kind of like oh my god this 64 year old is leaping off yeah the, the statue of liberty or whatever um, 
The only thing I would say is that they did do a make good on Dynamite uh, that Wednesday where Sting and Darby Allen had a genuinely brilliant match with uh, Jericho and Sammy Guevara. But I think that's because... Yeah, but I think that's because they kind of knew that that wasn't very good. (laughs) It's Uh, so good, though. I mean, I would say that if, if, if... So I guess... I guess the crux is from everything that I saw, I, I enjoyed it. See, if I'm getting to the point where I'm going to nitpick and break down and be like, oh, I wish you had done this variation over that variation. It was obviously good. I don't know if like, and I don't enjoy ranking matches because I think it's kind of all nonsense and just based on who you suck up to. But like, I don't know. Like I'm saying, I don't know if this was an 8 out of 10 or an 8.5 out of 10 match, but it was a really, really good match if you enjoy this type of wrestling and go out of your way to see it. It was epic. Uh, the King actually, of Mega match. I actually 100% agree with you on the ranking matches thing because wrestling has existed for what, like 80 years now? So, oh man, yeah. over 100. You can find well, like, yeah, Carney I mean, stuff from back in like the ni- early 1900s. Carney stuff, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to approximate, but wrestling as we know it has existed for a long bloody time. So oh, whenever yeah. you have people like ranking matches, I'm kind of like, uh, so what? Like, yeah, what happened in the sixties? Like, make sure we get that. Yeah. <laughs> you've watched all three million wrestling matches that there's ever been, yeah. dude. I bet you couldn't even get through a single territory. Like, I bet you couldn't watch all the Memphis territory tapes. Oh, if you sat so, down yeah. And drive. Like, let alone <laughs> any others. Texas, perfect oh, example. It, particularly, uh, before. WWF started to buy everything up. Yeah, you like in one country alone, in the US alone, just think of how much wrestling was going on. And then you had obviously in England, you had like like the giant haystacks and all that. And then in Japan, sure, Japan was doing their own thing. And like, yeah, it's mad. Um, okay, so wait, I, I just, you just mentioned Japan and I just realized something. Um, I do have a confession. I just realized the reason that. <laughs> I didn't I knew that I I stopped watching the Brian Daniel Okada match to watch something you, else. You have to and, forgive them for Pearl Harbor. You have to get over that. <laughs> it wasn't that. It's that I it's I, not I Okada's like, fault. it reminded me Listen, Okada reminded me of Japan. Japan <laughs> reminds me of deathmatch wrestling. Thus, I started watching Terry Funk deathmatches in Japan from like the early 90s. <laughs> and that's actually now that I'm thinking about it what happened. <laughs> Because when but, I had my hard drive sitting there, I'm like, hmm, but what was what was what was Cactus Jack doing against Tanahashi? Let's look that up there. Like <laughs> that's just But I actually love this because this is kind of like the I love tracing back people's like uh not only affection for wrestling, but also like how they've come to dislike the things they dislike. And it's like um it started a couple of months ago when Dara had me watch my first sort of TNA pay-per-view. Mm. He gave me a lengthy explanation on the terrible PTSD that TNA has inflicted upon him. Yeah, I have I can I have relatable content in that I was the so back in the day when Darren and I worked for the same wrestling website on WrestleView there, I did the ECW on sci-fi 
uh, recaps as well as a couple podcasts before I before I was promoted to Raw. But for for a couple years there, I had ECW, and uh, I still have some I have some nightmares about those shows. I have, I have some nightmares say, about those shows happening. I think it's a, a testament to your skill and talent as a writer that you could be labored with ECW on sci-fi and then get promoted to Raw. Like, you must have been taking these matches and just weaving lyrical magic with them. <laughs> if uh, one, of the, one of the people on the site did say that if you were to listen to me, it oh, I can't quote it because it's vulgar, uh, but it's better than, um, you know, stuff. So, and I'm not saying that's wrong. It really was good during a certain point. But let's talk about what's really extreme, and that's my excitement for Money in the Bank. Let's get into it because, as as I've said, I am the big AEW guy on the on the show. Dave is the big WWE guy. So, do you know what? I'm going to let you go off first before we get into the matches. Why don't you give me like a like an overview, your general thoughts of Money in the Bank? So, general thoughts. Enjoyed the hell out of it. Absolutely. Um, it definitely had viral moments that I was getting texts from different friends going, are you watching right now? Which, for pay-per-view happening across the pond in the afternoon, uh, it's kind of exciting because usually people are out doing stuff during the summer. Uh, so it was really interesting to see people vested. Money in the Bank has that. It's always been... A pay-per-view I look forward to because summer tends to be the time of the year when WWE takes risks. It's when we got the summer of punk. It's when we got 50 other things I'm not remembering right now that would be great to back up my point. But the even Ken Kennedy, I'll there's an Warrior. example, was well, maybe. But <laughs> Ken Kennedy as an example, they will use it or they would in the past to see to kind of experiment with somebody to see if we can really get this person over. Uh, whether it's for a match on the card or for the Money in the Bank match itself. And it still hasn't lost that allure for me. I hope this is not one of the gimmick pay-per-views that they get rid of. Um, overall, it was fantastic. And for the first time that I can remember since CM Punk beat John Cena, I care way more about a non-ladder match than the actual money in the bank match and i'm completely okay with that because it's one of the best matches i've seen this year if not the best match i've seen this year and this is becoming a very very tantalizing time to be a wrestling fan because you have AEW seemingly thriving or crashing depending on what the news cycle feels like doing that week and you have a and you have wwe either thriving or crashing depending on the news cycle but what we have had is what we haven't had in wrestling for I don't know, decades. And that is a years and years long storyline. This has been going on since Roman came back from the pandemic, during the pandemic rather, and it's still going. And to anybody that thinks, I'm just going to break cards right now. To he anybody. He fiends, didn't he? He did. He just did the fiend at some point. His, his big return was like a triple threat at. Uh... Yeah, Eddie. It made it a debut. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. stuff gets blurry. But <laughs> having a, but so so having this storyline 
where you had, you know, the first phase of it, I guess, was like Jay Uso, main event Jay. And then the second phase was like bringing in Sami Zayn. And now whatever the third phase we're in now, this whole civil war. Now, this is not ending at SummerSlam. If anybody thinks that, that Jay Uso is walking out with that title, you are absolutely wrong. And you're going to be crying, and I'm sorry. But it's going to be fantastic. And you know what? Maybe this story doesn't even end at Mania. Maybe it goes another year. I, if it keeps making me care and it keeps bringing me in, which is so bizarre. I'm enjoying it's what Vince Russo said all those years ago, I guess, but actually executed correctly. You don't always need a wrestling ring to have a great wrestling show. And in this case, that's becoming so true. I've never been so emotionally invested in a story for wrestlers that aren't my favorite so this is all coming organically from the crowd responses and the toying with the emotions let's let's get your hopes up with Sami Zayn when he was never going to win let's get your hopes up Drew Owen he'll never win this is all Roman's story even Wrestlemania even bringing Cody back it's not Cody's story this is Roman's story and it's becoming so quintessentially a part of the WWE fabric that I just I'm kind of in awe of the storytelling because I'm not seeing it in AEW I'm not seeing it in New Japan I'm not seeing it in any of my local independents nobody's willing to take this risk it's a bold move for WWE they've changed their live event strategies they're doing locations based on stories that they're telling they're actually planning stuff out months in advance it's so nice it is so refreshing. And you watch Money in the Bank, and that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like every match mattered, but every match also furthered something else. I, I, I don't even know like where to start. It was just so exciting, but the bloodline takes away so much that I could spend an hour talking about Ricochet and Logan, which I would love to well, like, spend an hour <laughs> talking. You know, it's, I don't know where to start with this one. Well, look, what, bef what before, we like? start, before we start, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I actually wanted to ask you, um, because you said something there that really uh, brought up question. You, you said that, um, like, you hope that they keep Money in the Bank as, like, a real, like, top-level pay-per-view. So I was wondering, like... As a gimmick pay-per-view, because Triple H yeah. said that he was going to start yeah, getting rid of the gimmick pay-per-views. Exactly. Keep but, Money in the Bank. So do you think, like, if you keep Money in the Bank as a pay-per-view, do you think that's a good thing? Like, it replaces maybe King of the Ring as one of the big five? Or, I mean, well, I don't, you're not the, replacing it. The, They're not reducing the number of pay per views. But as far as no, like, but as the the big five, you know, like King of the Ring isn't one of the big five anymore. Uh, but do you think, like, would you like to see that, or do you think that maybe the uh, obligation that Money in the Bank puts on, um, is is kind of a kind of a difficulty they have to get around it's like so everybody loves the royal rumble like royal rumble's great but yeah. man every year the, the winner of the royal rumble gets a shot at wrestlemania it, it kind of um i don't know maybe that's building wrestlemania or maybe that becomes a bit repetitive but it's it's fine because it's unique but now you have money in the bank as well do you think maybe that that's that guaranteed shot is uh becoming a a kind of a constraint or maybe think it opens them up to all kinds of creative possibilities at first i'd look at the box office 
And I would note that it is their highest grossing arena event in WWE's history. So clearly fans like the concept. Um, I enjoy the concept. I'd certainly, have you gotten to feast and fired in TNA yet? No, I've, I'm, I'm a tiny little, uh, <laughs> okay. virgin, just burgeoning in gotcha. my early days of TNA. Okay. So like things like that, that get real super gimmicky, not gimmickly. Yeah. Also that, uh, gimmicky, eh, not so much. However, Nothing's ever going to replace that moment of Rollins running in at WrestleMania 31 and turning that into a triple threat and stealing those titles. That is a moment that could not exist without the unpredictability of the Money in the Bank briefcase. So I'm all for it. But does it, it hasn't risk always becoming worked? a bit like um, the Hell in a Cell, whereas the Hell in, like no one will ever replace like those moments where they declared a hell in a cell match and the owners are like, oh my God, like this is like people barely survived this. And then it became like just routine. Oh, it's it's October, the hell in a cell match happens, blah, blah, blah. Like, do they risk that a little bit or? I mean, they're still doing one-on-one 30-minute timed matches to one fall and that's been going on for a century so i don't know i mean if it does they'll 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 play around a little bit i mean all the variants we've seen over the years from king of the mountain to what have you to tlc i just feel like this is the ultimate ultimate culmination of a tlc match and what that should be and i i do love the unpredictability of the case and by the way um thanks for being useless over here david uh david in Priest won, in case you guys are trying to actually figure out what happened on this pay-per-view. Uh, Damien Priest won Money in the Bank. Uh, the Usos defeated Romo and... Romo? Yes, yeah, let's, Romo let's start. Correct, let's, also, actually, let's start off with... Yeah. Uh, the first match was the Money in the Bank ladder match. Sure was. And uh, <laughs> I just... What do, you, what, what do you say? What do you say? So this is what I wanted from this match. I didn't care who won. I generally did. I figured mm, LA Knight or Damien Priest or Logan Paul, those are, those are the options. And LA Knight, he's not ready yet. He'll get there. I loved Eli Drake. Um, he'll get there. The crowd loves him. Let's see if that can sustain itself for another six months. I don't want another Fandango type situation on our hands. <laughs> Let's not push to the moon for no purpose. Um, but I think he's talented. I think he'll get it. Uh, Damien is a very, very interesting thing because. It could definitely lead to some like takeover of the judgment day now that he has the case. Um, you know, he could start kind of usurping Finn, like, hey, you couldn't beat Seth, but I got the ca-. I don't know if that's how Damien talks, but for some reason in my head he does. But hey, I got the case, so no, I can cash it in once. That was an so. eerily <laughs> accurate uh, <laughs> impression. <laughs> in so fact, so much so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to isolate that. And the next promo we do for the Wrestling Rewind, I'm going to be like, very brief interview with Damien Priest. <laughs> which is which is fair. Um, and I know that Finn's <laughs> supposed to be doing something in NXT. I don't have a response for that. You're right. Um, Finn's, Finn's going to NXT. Maybe he'll bring somebody up and they'll split the faction. Basically, but Finn's the, going the club type to of stuff. NXT. Well, he's going with, uh, I think he's going with Damien to wrestle a tag match and then come back. I think they're going to bring. Oh, so it's only a one. It's it's not like it's not like it's a one that yeah. time a couple of years ago where they just sent him back to NXT to train everybody that's on the current roster. Yeah, he did a good job. 
Um, yeah, but it's just a. It's but just no, no, this is. I think I've heard rumor. I don't want to say who because I don't know off the top of my head if it's true or not. But I think JD McDonnelly is that his name. I've heard of getting brought up potentially to like join the Judgment Day, and then Finn and him will get kicked out, or he'll kick Finn out and take his spot or something. Kind of bullet club basket. So I'm cool with Damian winning. Uh, Finn and Seth fun match. Under no circumstances was Seth going to lose before SummerSlam, um, <laughs> even if he does. So it was what it was. Uh, I'm not going in order at all, but that's completely fine by me. Uh, we need to talk about your Sky in the women's match. That was it's so fine rewarding. by you. It's fine by me. Yeah. Um, Sky won the women's ladder match uh, by handcuffing Becky Lynch to um, uh, Bailey in between the rungs of the ladder while she climbed it, which I've never seen before in all the years I've watched professional wrestling. That per- I've seen like people held in like holes or something. Great. Be happy. That really saved a very lackluster ladder match. Um, and it was it was an amazing. I, I absolutely genuinely, the last five minutes of that match were incredible, and they were so yeah. good that they they actually saved what I thought had been a, a pretty uh, lackluster previous, I know, 20 yeah. minutes or whatever it was. But I will say Zelina Vega looked really good in that match. She had some moves that I thought were really cool. Um, I, but you, but that, it just makes me happy when I see something in wrestling I haven't seen before. So seeing that handcuff between the rungs, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, cool. let's do this. So that, that just made me happy. And it was, it was funny. Uh, Jenna actually turned to me at that point. She's like, I, that's the most I think I've seen you smile during wrestling. Like, even when somebody like wins, like you get happy and you cheer. But and you don't, when like, you're, I've never seen you genuinely smile. And I'm like, because I've when never you're, seen that before. It's so refreshing. And when your fiance turns to you and says, um, the first time I've ever seen you smile was when two women were handcuffed <laughs> together. Does that put a strain <laughs> on your relationship? Is that like, is that a no, thing you get all. over? Do you go to couples therapy? Like, how do you how do you move past that? So my philosophy is embrace and full send. <laughs> it's, 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 so it's I've already been borderline violence. Some orders. <laughs> <laughs> How are we on the? I don't want to hit the hard break for. Uh, We're good. We're, we are still uh, absolutely in in sync with the wonderful people of Phoenix ninety two point five FM. Um, we have about ten minutes left, which I think is more than enough time for you to get through the two remaining matches. <laughs> you think it would be? Well, uh, so. I, I, I get the impression that you're not going to be dividing your time evenly. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I loved seeing what Shayna Baszler did to Ronda Rousey. Ronda needed something for her character. She is too good. She should be the Brock Lesnar at the women's division. They are not using her properly. And you can't waste a talent like that that you're paying like $5 million a year. Like, let's, let's, get, our, let's get our stuff together on Ronda. And it looks like they are. And they're going to be putting Shayna over in the process Loved it. Liv Morgan and Raquel, not sold in Raquel yet, but Liv Morgan and Raquel ended up winning the women's championships for them, which frees up the championships because they weren't going anywhere if those two stayed together. Um, I didn't watch Gunther versus Riddle, so whatever. Uh, John Cena. What? Now, I get it. I get it. You're like, oh, yeah, John Cena's WWE. But to not be spoiled by something in today's age is so rare. To like not even hear like a whisper 
on like Reddit or, you know, a text or Instagram or something like that, that, you know, Cena might be showing up or Cena's in England or we seen a spot. Nothing. That was a total shock. Um, everything I read. How do you, think, from, how do you think he got to England? My bet. I would, is, I would assume a plane. So Soviet submarine is my bet. Uh, because submarine. people would be looking out for him on American submarines, but no one would be looking for him on a Soviet submarine because he's a Marine. Or he was a marine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Except marines don't go on. Well, never mind. Submarines. I give away military secrets to our allies. Should I? Um, Frankly, even just what you've said <laughs> is already treason. So we'd like to commemorate Thanks. the last podcast we'll ever have with Dave. Very much look forward to hearing his smuggled out messages from his cell beside Julie. <laughs> yeah, I'll do like an eighteen million dollar escape plan, like that Italian car. Uh, <laughs> Car maker, but anyway. So you and uh, uh, you and you and Julian can figure out how you create a radio <laughs> signal by twisting tin file around a paperclip, and that would definitely work. be like the most popular podcast. Dave and Julian Assange behind bars. Bars. I mean, I <laughs> do know Nick Cage, so maybe he'd give me some tips on how to smuggle stuff in. <laughs> he's tried to talk about like. Uh, you know, whistleblowing and the importance of um, transparency in military activity. And you're going like, oh, my God, have you seen Fastlane? <laughs> I've seen Fastlane. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. We got whaling. Sorry, we're, eating, we're eating into your... <laughs> I know. This is exactly what you're What Martin's trying not to get me to point out is, oh, yeah. Yeah, hey Wembley, hey Wembley, WWE's coming for you, and not only are they coming for you, your government's gonna pay for us to go there. So have fun with that. Literally no buzz whatsoever. England did not care whatsoever. Um, when I was talking earlier about WWE's changing its strategies, they want companies to pay them. Companies, they want countries to pay them to bring events to cities. Do you or think people were? Do you think them. people were confused? Do you think? Uh, uh, yeah. John Cena came out and said, hey, London, we're bringing WrestleMania. And people just Googled, like, oh, London wrestling. And All In came yeah. up. And they were like, oh, buy tickets. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If there was a spike, you never know. But it is cool to see the thank Parliament you, talking John and Cena. blah, blah, blah. Hey, everybody can thank John Cena. The goat's the goat, right? But I'm <laughs> don't blame me in the comments. But uh, I don't. Let, let's talk about what needs to be talked about um, on the radio segment because I need to say it. Ricochet saved Logan Paul's life, yes. and that in and of itself shows you how crazy talented Ricochet is. And I did listen Im- to immensely um, talented because not only did he save his life, but he still did the. Did the move like like a, a less talented wrestler would have been like uh oh we balls this up like let's just get off the ropes and punch each other but no ricochet was like oh we balls this up let's fix it in midair yeah so for those who didn't see the spot i'm sure most have by now essentially la knight comes in ricochet and logan are on a ladder knight pushes the ladder over they go for the Rope spot where you put your foot out to block the ladder from falling down all the way. According to Logan, Ricochet's leg hit first, so he missed it. And thus he slipped down to the bottom. It could all have been So I just have to tell you based on what both men said. So he said he basically fell. And at that point, he said, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm new. I don't know how to improvise. So once something goes wrong, I just assumed, oh, we're screwed here. This is 
I'm changing some language to make it radio friendly, but that's what that that was his thing. He's like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then he looked over and he was trying to figure out how they were going to reset. He figured, okay, this move's just over. Like we screwed it up. And he realized, no, this guy's still going to send it. Um, okay, here we go. And he just like, our feet weren't planted or anything, but he hucked it. Now, so that's that's when you're like the in character side. But as I'm watching it and I'm breaking it down, you can to to your point, literally see Ricochet while they're doing the Spanish fly because this is the move they were trying to get into. So they're bouncing off of the ladder to tightrope into a Spanish fly to the outside through two tables, which Logan had incorrectly set up earlier, and Damien helped him fix. So it was already a doomed spot if you were watching the setup for it like 20 minutes earlier. Somehow, Ricochet at the last second sees uh, Logan's going head first and is going to die and like throws the right side of his body on him right as they hit the tables. And that 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 shocked me. It shocked me that he would have the wherewithal to be able to do that. So well, could you I like, well, just the fact that they're walking on a tightrope in the first place, the fact that they were willing to try that spot in the first place makes me so excited and so apprehensive to see them wrestle at SummerSlam because it's either going to be a banger. It's either going to be not as good of a wrestling match, but as far as entertainment, as good as Osprey Omega, or it's going to be a complete stinker because Logan's going to miss a spot and get thrown off because he can't keep up with Ricochet. So I, I don't know, but I'm very excited. So, um, we've got a few minutes left. Um, what, what I'm going to do, cause I, I know you would like to wax lyrical about the main event and I'm, I'm not even going to talk in the main event because it's it's not for me. I I don't like the bloodline melodrama. I don't like the monologuing their way through matches. I don't like the, I don't like the fact that it's dragged on for so long. But I also recognize that um, it's hugely popular, and that like whatever my view on it is is that it's it's it's. It's a person. It's just not for me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to very quickly give my view on the card as a whole, and then I'm going to devote the rest of the time to just letting you just have your have your say on the main event. Um, so in terms of the card as a whole, uh, for me, it was kind of heartbreaking because Ricochet, like I. Of the few wrestlers who are still in WWE who I'm like genuinely interested in, Ricochet was one of them. And now I don't like him anymore because he had the opportunity to kill Logan Paul and he didn't do it. (laughs) And I'll 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 never forgive him for that. Um the other (laughs) Dar, I swear to God, if you edit that out, I will drive to Dublin and (laughs) smack the idiot. You know, it's it's a shame, too, because I'll just if you know, you know, my daughter is getting into Toy Story like those movies. Now she's in like that Pixar is kind of her age range. She's two and a half for reference. Um, yeah. So she's getting into Toy Story. Well, I can't help but think of Logan Paul every time they go to Pete's Planet and I see those aliens. And you know what that implies. So, <laughs> uh, I understand. I understand. Ricochet, you made the wrong decision. Anyway, uh, I mean, <sighs> The show as a whole was 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 fine. I'm I'm obviously not as high on it as Dave was. Um, I mean, they got these ladder matches, but I mean, you've seen so much happen in ladder matches over the past few years that it takes something truly incredible to 
make you take notice. And I will say that the uh, the ending to the women's ladder match was brilliant. My main concern with this pay-per-view is that I have like well-documented issues with like the production and the setup and just the <laughs> the, the same the samey kind of matches and the style and I got all these issues with, with with WWE. But what I've always counted on with all this crap happening around me that I don't like, what I have always counted on is the Walter match. The Walter match has always been sensational. And and I, I know the you right said choice to skip it. Well, here's here's the thing. I don't like that, Riddle. Well, I, I, again, this is part of it. So, uh, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Walter, but see when back in the NXT days, so before yeah. AW existed, I was a huge NXT fan, and I absolutely loved Matt Riddle. Like, he was incredible. And I really, really hated what the main roster did with him. But I thought, man, Walter Riddle... Intercontinental title. Walter has been on an absolute tear with the Intercontinental title. Like he is, like, and this is coming from someone who's not a WWE fan. He has legitimately, he's been the only person in 20 years to actually, no, 30 years, to actually bring that title back to what it was. Like a, a meaningful workhorse i know everybody who won the title was like, oh i'm going to make it the worker but he's the only one who actually did it uh, so i was the closest i can think of would be daniel bryan but i think he got injured during that run yeah exactly so it was not even his fault but but i was absolutely hyped to the high hills for this because i have so many great memories of amazing intercontinental intercontinental title matches bret hart versus roddy piper bret hart versus mr perfect and maybe, like maybe I was just too hyped, and it, maybe nothing could live up to it. But I was just sitting, I was like half asleep watching the first couple of matches and blah blah blah. And then the the Walter Riddle match came on, and I was just bouncing. I was ready for it. And it was very difficult for me to admit halfway through it that I was just a little bored just a little bored and so so for me as a whole like i'm just generally not a huge fan of wb's product but uh when it's good like i know it's good but it for me it pivots around the walter match and this just wasn't great and it kind of put a dampener on the whole thing for me but dave what did you think of the main event? If you like WWE, this will be one of those pay-per-views that you never forget. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but I'm sure if you're a fan of AEW, you're probably not going to forget Forbidden Door for some reasons too. So this was, it was a great weekend for the wrestling slash sports entertainment product as a whole. Why I say is you'll never forget it is so my fiance and I have been together since 2019. We didn't, I didn't really start showing her my quote unquote hobby of wrestling until later in that year, going into probably Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble 2020 was probably when I got her into it. 
This is the first time in her entire life that she's ever seen Roman Reigns gets pinned. And she's seen all of his big matches. So to see the actual genuine shock uh, come out of somebody was very refreshing. Um, And I was surprised, too. I wasn't quite sure how they would go with it. It it was a 50-50 outcome in my result, but it was exactly the way that this story needs to be told. Yeah, if you don't like the soap opera-y, drawn-out stuff, it's not for you. But if you really like getting invested and seeing how funny Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and how creative uh, Paul Heyman is and how, I hate to use Triple H's word, but how cerebral, how cerebral, sorry, uh, Roman Reigns is as a wrestler. That, down to the time delight, Dara. Dara will yeah. be delighted with that. <laughs> down to the little like facial reactions. I just, the group has everything going for it. Um, Solo is getting a huge build out of this, a huge rub out of this rather. Um, interesting to see where he'll play out. I don't know. And that's what I love. I don't know how the story is going to end. And I want it to stay that way for as long as possible. It was a joy to watch from an entertainment standpoint. I didn't think they'd do the pin, honestly, before he lost the title. I didn't think it was going to happen. Pretty impressive to say three and a half years not being pinned or submitted. So this was uh, this was big. Because remind you, it's not a shock that Roman and Solo lost. That's not what I'm shocked about. They've lost a bunch. They lost, what, their last three matches or something? But Solo always gets pinned. So this was big. Um, this was monumental. And uh, if, if in the monolith of the WWE universe, this is going to be one of those days that's stamped in there right next to buying WCW or ECW's first one night stand is just going to be nights that wrestling fans remember because something special happened that they haven't seen in a very, very long time. Snitsky punted the child. Comment. (laughs) Dave, can I ask you something? Yes. Were you a Shawn Michaels guy or a Bret Hart guy? Both. I was right. too young but also, to know shut that up, there was a... Shut up. <laughs> give me an actual answer, you big politician. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, that's tough because I was, what, eight years old or something when the Survivor Series went down? I have, I have a copy of Bret Hart's book. Since. No, no, I have. I've watched it many times. I've seen so many documentaries, and I have Bret Hart's book, no, but I mean, uh, Wrestling sure With Shadows. Watched, I've read the entire like, thing. I'm trying to show you how nine... I'm standing. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. So, so I, I've read... Bret Hart's absurdly long, like 400 page autobiography. I've watched Shawn Michaels. He has some of my favorite matches of all time. His moonsaults to the outside, to the table. I mean, you shouldn't do it, but I love it, Shawn. Go for it. His stuff against The Undertaker, his match against Flair. I mean, when it comes to big matches, I mean, how do you not go with Shawn? But when it comes to like the wrestler's wrestler, obviously I like Brett. When it comes to who as a kid that I personally connect to more, I was singing Sexy Boy, but I was wearing my Brett, my, my Brett Michaels. Sorry, Poison. I was wearing my <laughs> I was wearing my Bret Hart shades. So it's the Sexy, sexy Boy shades. music for Shawn Michaels, but the Bret Hart shades. And uh I'd say they both came out evenly in my old blue WWF wrestling ring with the action figures. Well, aren't you a pain in the arse? <laughs> so I have a a theory that uh, uh, an Austin one. I know, <laughs> definitely not because my theory I think is worth something. 
uh, <laughs> I have a theory that uh, people who are fans of Bret Hart like AEW, and people who are fans of Shawn Michaels like WWE. So this is why I like both. And I, I think it it possibly is because like uh, like my mother was a huge fan of uh, rock and metal, and my father mm-hmm. was a huge fan of like Irish trad and I and like traditional Irish music and that. And I like my favorite band is the Pogues. It's perfect mm-hmm. marriage of the two. <laughs> so yeah, you're 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 kind of like a the exact person I. I didn't want to talk about this because you're screwing up my amazing theory. Yeah, you're talking to somebody who's been to both a Shakara <laughs> show and a deathmatch tournament within the same week. So, <laughs> about small indies. And well, look, here's the thing. I think we can all agree uh, that WWE has far superior production value than AEW. What are you talking about? How absolutely. can you say that production is what pulled? That is the one thing from Forbidden Door that took because me aback because I don't no, watch here's, AEW here's regularly. Thing. No, but ge- genuinely, I think I think I need to get this out right because it's too good, right? It doesn't feel like a wrestling show. It feels like a plastic toy commercial. It's mm. too slick. It's too there's no there's no grit there's no dark there's no it it doesn't feel like AEW a, doesn't have doesn't, dark anymore either there was a collision i heard uh, <laughs> well there's no collision but it doesn't <laughs> do you know what i mean like like genuinely yeah. it's it's incredibly slick it's incredibly like it's probably there's probably nobody else in the world can better produce a live production because they've been doing it for 40 years but my issue is that they've gotten too good at it. It's too slick. It's too plastic. Too shiny. It doesn't feel like a wrestling show. It doesn't feel like a like a live broadcast where anything could happen. It feels like a very controlled, very regimented uh, environment, and and that's why I like AW more because no doubt AW has flaws, huge flaws. I think I think we kind of like people for their perfections, but we love them for their flaws, like the odd little quirky things they do. And I kind of love that AEW does stuff that, even if it doesn't do it well, even if it doesn't um, come off like we'd hoped, the fact that they even attempted it is is brilliant. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Oh, so that's about why the, you love Ricochet and Logan Paul. Because, yeah, because, well, no, that's why I didn't love it, because Ricochet had the opportunity to attempt to kill Logan Paul. But oh, no, but that, okay, okay, you're, you're still twisting. But they did a, they did attempt the move, hence what you're saying, they did attempt. Listen, all I want from AEW is figure out how to show me two things. I, as a wrestling fan, despise, absolutely despise two things. One is a lack of good replays. And AEW really needs to figure out what they're doing because they really need to start showing a lot more replays because really cool moves happen. And then guys are on the ground and commentators are kind of talking and you could really be showing me what the heck just happened because uh, I can't count how many flips there were. So give me a second. And then the much more egregious thing that happened twice. I saw Osprey Blade and I saw Omega Blade. 
that killed the match for me, and I hate that. I don't understand why the camera wouldn't cut away. It, it cut to Omega. The Omega's was better hidden, but man, Ospreys, you literally but saw him go saw to them, the ground and take it, and then they cut. And to, you said you know, bleed Ome or blade? Blade. You saw them blade. I've oh, I've I've watched that match like three times, and I never. I guess I guess I should rephrase to. I saw them in the position with their hands down blading when the camera should have been on the other wrestler. So like after yeah. Omega threw him into the stairs, Osprey slumps down after the bash before he's bleeding, drops down. You see him fumbling. He covers his head up. They cut the camera then over to Omega. They should have cut the camera earlier is my point. Don't show Osprey going down and fiddling with his wrist tape or whatever. And then he gets cuts back to Osprey and he's gushing. Well, yeah. I, we could put yeah, two and two together. Dave, so I want, do a better I want to, job. I want of, to bring you back. Editing. I want to bring you back to something you said earlier, and I'm only bringing you back because you told me you said to make you aware of this if you're doing it. Okay. But this sounds an awful lot like mad nitpicking, like really minute nitpicking. Well, if I'm being billed of watching the best bout machine then I expect to see the best bout. And the best bout's not just about the people in the ring. It's about the camera work. It's about the commentary. It's about the referee. It's about the fans. And in some aspects, that failed. And that was my issue. And do you also blame Kenny Omega if, like, the uh, snacks in the stand aren't, <laughs> like, up to par or... So how, I'm not blaming how far, the wrestlers. How far I'm not blaming how far the wrestlers for this. How far beyond about, the ring does Wait, Omega Osprey's responsibility oh go? That was so clever. Okay, I get it. And props, because that was a good argument. Dare however, clever. however, that's literally not the point I'm making. My point is not about the wrestlers. My point is wanted, about the production. I just wanted to linger on it. <laughs> I know you did. But no, my point's about the production. Show me replays and don't let me know that people are blading. Leave it up to my imagination a bit more. I don't. I want my uh, disbelief to be further suspended. Dave, we yes. are regrettably, mournfully, at the end of our time. But do you have anything you'd like to like uh, promote, or even if you don't have anything to promote, just something you want to tell people? Maybe a bit of wisdom you've learned having a child. Maybe something you've learned about relationships having had that terrible moment with your fiance where you said you like women being handcuffed to ladders like is there is there anything you'd like to share with either the listeners of phoenix 92.5 fm or the world oh absolutely guys i don't know what you are doing but august 5th of this year will be the 36th annual SummerSlam, and something tells me that's an event you don't want to miss, and I think I'll take my platform to promote that. Well, do you know what? WWE definitely needs all the help we can get this days, so I'm glad that you've taken the opportunity to promote SummerSlam on the <laughs> Wrestling Rewind. I have no doubt that that will add to the buy rate. Uh, me, I don't have anything particular dad i've had a wonderful week of just playing uh tears of the kingdom playing uh aw fight forever just a phenomenal game 
And uh, yeah, I've actually absolutely loved this uh, this uh, podcast, just me and Dave. And I think what I'm going to do is we're going to sign off. We're going to say goodbye to everybody. Have a have a great time. And then myself and Dave are going to foment. We're going to foment uh, a revolution about how we get rid of Dara. Now, it's going to be difficult because Dara knows karate. And I do not know karate. <laughs> and Dara tells me he could kick a melon off a lemon tree. And I believe him. But uh, Dave, I could juggle three melons. Yeah, but Dara would just kick all of them, and then you'd be left with no melons, and you'd be covered. No, no. no. This is how we turned it into into uh, entertainment. So I'll like, I'll be holding two. Dara will throw me one. I'll start juggling three, and then he'll just do like three roundhouse kicks while I'm juggling, like smash each one. Do you think this is a Julius Caesar type situation where you're juggling your melons? Dara's kidding. <laughs> and then I just have to <laughs> sorry I can't keep a straight I just, face with that comment. I just I just stab him in the back like fifty times. What do you think? Is that not is that not a is that not a phraseology of <laughs> What? Oh sorry, did you say something that, like sounds like No, you, you, you Yeah, you said juggling your melons, but that's all right. Oh, it's uh, juggling your melons. Oh, does that sound like like playing with breasts? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be so scientific about it. Well, I don't mean. I mean, like, uh, what would we say is like a uh, 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 clinical, not proper terminology, knocking, so we can knocking around, knocking around some fun bags. Is that a anyway? So yeah, uh, look look for that clip on Instagram of Dara and I karate melon juggling. It's it's, it's soon to drop. Look for that because it's gonna be. It's going to be the hottest YouTube clip you've ever seen because it's going to be um, Irish producer kicking melons gets murdered. So, and you know, because you know, it'll be great. Is oh, yeah, but because we, we have to add on to this, so he we definitely won't hear this part because it's totally not you know broadcasted or anything. But so, because he's like a WWE wrestler, he doesn't watch <laughs> exactly. The show. But, but now I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell, we, we shouldn't tell him this part, but what if we have you hiding behind me? So after he's exhausted from his third roundhouse kick, boom, I move out of the way. You spear him to the ground. Your ground game. Okay. But I, I mean, I say this out of love, Dara, uh, Dave, you strike me as a, a, a slimmer, a slimmer man than I am. And I, I think I would have to stand at a most irregular angle to be, entirely obscured by you well in my mind there's a titan tron and your music hasn't hit yet bro so let's <laughs> I, I i'm assuming think, you're behind the curtain i think i think uh you invite dara out to the house right yeah yeah dara comes in you start juggling your your melons <laughs> calm down calm down <laughs> you start juggling your melons i text dara because like we got, like we're still friends with him. Like we gotta be cool. So I text Dara, but I know that he won't see it because he's transfixed by you juggling your balance. And I text Dara, beware the Ides of March. And then as your melon juggling act reaches its crescendo, climax. Well, I didn't want to say it, but uh, absolutely, as your Melon juggling act reaches its spurting climax. 
I just run up behind him and stab him a load of times in the back with a dagger. And he looks at me and he goes, et tu, Martin. And I look at him and I go, what? Were you in on this the whole time, you lunatic? Do you plan your own murder? What do you think? I love it. I love it. (laughs) And even better, I have a set of juggling machetes, so we're good to go. 10-10. Better than the bloodline story. <laughs> and uh, I think we'll sign off on that before I let you respond in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Dave, it has been just the most absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Oh, you're so welcome. I can't wait to be back on again. Absolutely. Don't be leaving it for some bloody WWE pay per view. Jump in whenever you get a chance, whenever you get five minutes with the kids, you know. Uh, what they used to do to me was when I was away and me uh, used to leave me auntie and uncle and my uncle used to dip me dody. I don't know what you call it, a pacifier? Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He used to dip me dody in whiskey and give me the dody <laughs> and then I'd be knocked out. And it never did me any harm, said he, stone drunk of a Friday night. <laughs> oh my God. So um, that's, that's quite the story. <laughs> I think we need to read it there. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, before we go, we should say sign up to our Patreon. We absolutely, like one hundred percent, rely on the Patreon. Dave's child will not be fed if you do not send us either an X Pac Yoro. A femboy fiver or a or a Virgil tenor. Dave's child will die. So sign up to the Patreon. You all right there, Dave? Now Dave has died because nobody signed up to the Patreon. So uh, hope you're proud of yourselves. All right, all the best, folks. Take care now. Bye bye then. If you have nothing else to do on a Saturday, if you like nerd things, now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. <laughs>